Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, senior editor at Billboard and Broadway fan extraordinaire here. So as many of you who follow the podcast may know, I was especially excited by the revivals that opened on Broadway this past season, one of which was Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel. Carousel premiered on Broadway way back in 1945. It became a film in 1956. Uh, and its story takes place in the late 1800s. But as a show, it touches on some surprisingly complex issues that continue to feel very modern, something that I think is true of many of the shows that Rodgers and Hammerstein did together, like South Pacific and The King and I. Carousel takes place in a small main town, and it revolves around the unlikely romance between a rough and macho carnival barker named Billy Bigelow and the innocent good girl Julie Jordan. They end up getting married, but when Billy uh, becomes unemployed, he hits Julie in his frustration and, spoiler alert, ends up getting stabbed and dies while attempting robbery. The remainder of the show after that is about what happens when Billy, uh, sort of in the afterlife, is given a chance to redeem himself and to let both Julie and their daughter Louise know that he really loved them. As you can see, it is a bit of a strange, complex, somewhat fraught story. But above all, Carousel is really known for having one of the most gorgeous scores in Broadway history. I would say it deserves the iconic label for sure. A couple of the most well-known songs, If I Loved You and You'll Never Walk Alone, have actually made it onto the Billboard charts before um, throughout the 1960s as covers by the likes of Elvis Presley, Patti LaBelle, and the pop duo Chad and Jeremy. Big ups for Chad and Jeremy. The production on Broadway Now, which opened in April and got 11 Tony nominations, is beautifully done through and through from the choreography by Justin Peck, which won a Tony Award, to the cast who are definitely among some of the most talented singing actors on Broadway Now. Three of them are my guests on the podcast today, Joshua Henry, who plays Billy, Jesse Mueller, who plays Julie, and Renee Fleming, a megastar of the opera world, who plays Nettie Fowler. All three of them were quite deservingly nominated for Tonys this year, and we had a great talk about how this production of Carousel is making a show from the 40s feel totally relevant today. If I loved you, I 
examine again, I would try to say all I'd want you to know. If I loved you, words wouldn't come in an easy way. Round in circles, I'd go. I have to start by saying that I feel a very personal connection to each one of you in different ways, which I will tell you, and perhaps you will or won't care. But Josh, I have to tell you, I'm the number one Scottsboro Boys stan in the world. I will never stop telling everyone how wonderful it is. Thank that you. That should have run longer, so that was my introduction to you and been seeing you in various shows since then. I appreciate that. And Jesse, Wait- Waitress is actually the first musical that I wrote about at Billboard oh, wow. that I feel helped kind of inaugurate more musical theater coverage here, which was a great thing. Very cool. And (laughs) Renee, I've obviously been aware of you for a long time and seen many of your performances at the Met, but I am also an Upper West Sider. And I remember once I saw you on the street, like changing a tire. What? What? And I was like, I was like, she is no diva. She is like getting down and dirty. I love this. Is that you? She's like, was that my toy? It was, you see, you seem to be doing something like Intense with a car. It was possible. like using your, podcast? like using your hands. Yeah, no, it's very possible. <laughs> yes, I, I until recently had a car, so who knows? I I had a bad accident in the city. Who knows? You could get hit and total a BMW on Broadway. Oh no! At 79th Street. Oh, I thought, yeah, I didn't know cars could go that fast. And I pulled into the intersection, like looked right, and there was this big white white van coming really fast, and I thought, oh, I wish I could back up. It was fine. I, well, I wasn't hurt at all. I wasn't hurt at all. I'm Amazing. glad you're okay, and I was yeah. impressed at the time. Yeah, whatever it wasn't was, that you, you would remember that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what it was. Anyway, neat. Well, um, I've I was looking forward to Carousel for a very long time before it opened um, because Justin Peck is a friend of mine, mm. and I was super psyched to see what he would be doing with the show. It's amazing. Um, and you guys have a cast album that just came out, is about to come out, right? Just, yeah. when did it drop? Um, a couple weeks ago now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it just dropped digitally, and then it's coming in mm. hard copy Friday, I think. Uh-huh. So we're excited. On wax. Yes. On that. wax, if you will. <laughs> and this is, I would think this is an intense show to do a cast recording of. I mean, was it like a, a day long, everybody kind of drops dead at the end kind of thing? Or? Yeah. It was pretty easy. No, it was, it was, it was coming off of uh, a long week when we recorded it. It was pretty shocking to yeah. me. <laughs> I thought uh, Renee would be like, let me tell you how it really was. The whole <laughs> show in one day, at some of the orchestra the night before, I have never experienced anything like that. You have it. Yes, diva. Yeah. That's no, no. <laughs> yes. Well, no, because we, we, we do. We take five days to do, five five days to do a, a recording. I think that's very music. wise. Yeah, it's very wise to do that. Yeah, says so um, the man with all the arias in this one. I mean, truly, <laughs> we were all like, we, you know, we sort of finish. The rest of us as the day would go on, and we'd be like, have fun, Josh. And I was yeah. like, see you later. Right. See you later. Last man standing. Yeah. But um, it was fun. Andy Einhorn brought uh, cookies. And so I stole some of his cookies in between songs, and that's what really got me through. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I, I sort of want to know what your whole, like, hot liquid regimen is for the show and how you, you're like, I feel like you're speaking very softly right now. Always. Um, I like throat coat. It's really great. And I drink probably just gallons of it all the time. I probably drink 
uh, a gallon of water outside the show daily. Um, and I use these little uh, Fontas lozenges during the show to just, you know, any little extra lubrication in your throat helps. So I feel like these are all things we could, like, adopt in real life as well, like drinking a gallon of water in 90-degree heat. These, yeah. these are just healthy habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try to incorporate them. Healthy yeah. habits with Joshua Henders. That's my only rebellion is I should drink a lot of water, and I rebel against it. It's so bad. Do you go so for bad. coffee instead? I love coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. Good it's water, one of my yeah. guilty pleasures. I and like, I, yeah. I, But I, they just said that coffee is not dehydrating. A study just came what? out. Yep, it just uh, came out. I'll it send it to all you. Is it mental? Please. I'm so excited. Oh, who did the study? I yeah, really I, some wanted. bunch of ENTs. Maybe, maybe, maybe self-serving. I don't know. That's exciting. I'll always. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I remember like one of the first days in rehearsal where I saw Renee drinking coffee during rehearsal. I thought <laughs> it's going to be okay. If Renee, <laughs> if Renee is drinking coffee, I think with cream. I was like, I like yeah. this lady. I knew I liked this lady, <laughs> and now I have hope for my own future. Yeah, I'm not oh. terribly neurotic that way. Yeah. Oh my god. Well. I think that, you know, part of what I love so much about the show is that in different ways, these roles feel very different for the three of you from what I'm used to seeing you. And I, I mean, Josh and Jesse, I know you mostly from sort of more contemporary, like kind of maybe even pop leaning kind of vocals kind of shows. And Renee, I know this is not your Broadway debut, but this feels like a major first big musical moment for you on Broadway. And I also think of you as a bit more glam than the typical Nettie. <laughs> um, so I was curious, you know, wh Thank you. why were you? <laughs> yes. I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was, I feel like you're working on stage. Um, so I was curious, you know, what drew you to these roles and were there different ways you wanted to approach them than how they're typically treated in like a traditional carousel production? For me, like you said, I'm, I've done a lot of like Pop leaning, I like that phrase. Pop, pop leaning, leaning um, music on Broadway, and so I wanted to do something that was the opposite of anything I'd done before. And uh, I'd never done this type of classical sound on Broadway to this extent, and that was what made it very exciting um, to to just take on another challenge and sort of redefine what I, myself. Um, vocally, that's always really exciting. It's just to just get a, a, a something that you've never done before, and to just dive into that world fully. And it was really hard, <laughs> and I don't feel like I, I, I feel like I'm still finding it now. I, I just popped into Renee's dressing room the other day, just asked her questions on a couple of vowels and some breathing techniques, and so it's it's he's, constant. He's found it. He's found it. I'm sorry. He's amazing. <laughs> it, it has been interesting though to kind of listen to each other. I think you and I and, and a couple other folks in the show would agree that we sort of went through the same process of yeah jumping into it and and feeling like Andy Einhorn our music director was really stretching us and there were some days where we'd look at each other and be like are we doing it does is this does it still sound like us does it do we still sound like people like human beings singing talking speaking thinking and then but yeah it was that it was that sort of push and pull but that was half the fun of it but sometimes it was really hard but it's been fun to listen to each other and I can hear how far we've all come I think I really yeah. can but that's why it's so many cr critics commented on how well sung the show is and mm -hmm. how and really and it's it, and the fact that everybody's on the same page stylistically to me was very important I asked for that a year ago when we first had meetings because I'm always distracted when I go to a show and I hear people singing in different styles and the same 
show. So and I true. think, you know, it's like Shakespeare. You, you, you go to a Shakespeare play and people are doing different styles of acting. You think, why didn't the director get on top of this mm. and kind of bring people to pull it together? And boy, it's happened in this show. I've never heard anything this good. And, and you know, I've tried to also blend in and lighten up and, you know, take out as much vibrato as I can and not sing dark as much as I can. And, um, you know, we're all trying to be together. It's funny you say that because I, I don't remember a conversation that, you know, that I don't like think Andy, Andy Einhorn never was like, all right, now all, let's get all together on the same page. I mean, not that he would do something like that, but I think we, in listening to each other, you know, across the board, we've that was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. Because I remember those first rehearsals, and I was personally, I was nowhere nowhere near where I am now. And and I think no, all around the world, we all sounded very different. Um, and so it's funny how that just happened right. over time in rehearsal and in previews. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in singing with each other. And there's a couple moments in this version where we get to sing with each other in a couple more moments than is sort of originally conceived and mm-hmm. things like that. When you when you then when you have to sing with someone you realize you really have to get on the same page. You have stylistically you have to you have to match and you have to blend and mm-hmm. yeah. And it's sort of what the piece calls for. I mean it can be done many different ways, but I think there is a there is a heightened nature to this music to this subject matter and I think like what I was trying to say before it was one of the challenges I think we faced in rehearsal I Josh and I would talk about we'd work on something like the bench scene and we just felt like they kept saying you know bigger with the singing bigger with the singing and we were like well where do we go with the speaking and the acting how does it not how do we feel like we get the intimacy of the scene and also the grandiosity that's asked for in the music but again just sort of I think with time we we found it we found a version of that Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's inter- I hadn't thought about what kind of an adjustment that would be because I, I think of the two of you as coming often from a very like naturalistic kind of almost <clears throat> excuse me like downplaying things kind of way and you're used to playing to a huge opera house so mm-hmm. um, that's an interesting adjustment I would think both vocally and acting wise for all three of you yeah and it's always I think an adjustment from a rehearsal room a rehearsal process to a theater um, because you're going to act things differently in different spaces when you're doing it in a rehearsal room and the people are getting your feedback from or your artistic team or your director who are four feet away from you. <laughs> it only has to go four feet. Then you get in the theater and then it's got to go much farther than that. Um, and, and getting also costumes, I find, and wigs, and getting oh, in, yeah. and especially if it's a period piece. Getting in the right underwear. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Seriously. Huge, huge. <laughs> you know, if you weren't getting in a corset. Getting yeah. In, yeah, getting in your clothes, getting in your shoes, knowing how you're standing. That was a whole other... <laughs> Yeah, just out of the, the next lycra. step for me. Once was... you lose the stretch, it's a whole different uh, feeling. Corsets, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. ah. Yeah. I think what helped me was watching, like some, when I wasn't in a particular scene during tech, getting out and watching your scenes, mm-hmm. because you, then you realize, oh, how big something yes. is or how small it can be, mm-hmm. and and you uh, figure yeah. out your. Or I was. It helped my performance. I was like, oh, okay, I can afford to. Take my voice down that down, that low, or I need to, or or get bigger. Yeah. Um, but you know, you trust our, our incredible director Jack O'Brien and, and Justin Peck as they're giving us the shapes and and uh, intentions. But you don't you don't know until you can you know you you see it mm-hmm. in the space. Yeah, that helps. The scope of it. 
Well, I was curious because, I mean, I, I don't often talk about movement on this podcast, but it's such an intrinsic part of this production in particular. And as you're talking about, like, really feeling in your body and getting used to the way the show is sung, how has how central movement has been to this affected the vocal approach and kind of getting used to that? I'll say huge. Because I say, well, you, I mean, you dance and you move in the show. So. I was just asking Amar the other day, um, how he breathes during we have a little dance duet and so i'm still trying to you know working it out months later how he breathes throughout it and just trying to find more ease there one of the things that helped me land into the sound that i'm doing right now is just standing when i'm supposed to stand because i the, i always rebelled against the idea of like parking and barking or just <laughs> hunkering down for a sound mm -hmm. because it's contrary to everything that i've done in musical theater um, but there are times when to achieve a certain sound, you have to be much more still. And your diaphragm has to be a, a certain way. Your breathing has to be a certain way. So I've had to so, I really sort of humble myself and uh, be still at times on stage to achieve a sound. So the movement or lack thereof sometimes has been a big part of, of what's helped me get the sound that I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Well, that you guys also dance like that and then can even speak is sort of, I find, it's a small, small miracle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, after a blow, blow Let alone <laughs> sing. Let alone sing. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But it's, a, it's an adjustment for the dancers, too, and I think one of the amazing things about this company, <clears throat> in rehearsal, you'd sit there. I think I saw most of our ensemble dance first, and I got to see a couple of um, uh, workshop moments when they were working on the piece and finding the movement. And then you have a music rehearsal and you hear all of them sing. And it seems really unfair that they can do both of those yeah. things so well. The talent in this company oh is mind-blowing. But they went through a transition, too, talking about the movement. You know, we're, we're sort of laughing about our underwear and our corsets and whatnot. But that's true, and that's often part of a Broadway process is all the people that are involved. You know, the people that make your shoes for you, that get you your shoes early enough in rehearsal so those dancers can be working in the kind of shoes they're going to be working in. Mm. So they know whether they can do that movement or a rehearsal skirts with the guys so they know if they can do a certain kind of lift or whether their bodice moves in a way that they can execute the choreography Justin has given them um, you know it's it's a process Damn. that's crazy yeah well and this seems like a good time to congratulate you on the many many Tony nominations and Tony wins I was sitting there in the audience. I'm very excited for y'all. Um, so, I mean, since we're speaking so much about the score, I feel like people mention Carousel, and if you're a theater fan, you just immediately think it's one of the great scores ever. Um, and as I think one of you was calling the soliloquy an aria, <laughs> basically, I feel like each of you has at least one, if not more, songs that really are like just virtuoso showpieces on their own. Um, Tell me a little bit about why you think the score is so wonderful. And I'm curious if, if there are specific numbers you can talk about, you know, how you approach doing it night after night, not killing your voice and, you know, bringing something new to these songs that are all pretty iconic at mm -hmm. this point. It's like, who starts? <laughs> I was very, I was very faster. intimidated. <laughs> I was very intimidated by a lot of it for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'd known this score for a long time. Um, something like If I Loved You, the bench scene was always sort of, it was up there on a pedestal for me. And I think, so for me, it was, that was almost the one I was afraid of. And it really took going through the process and getting inside of it 
And uh, and I think that's sort of my nightly challenge is not that, oh, here comes If I Loved You, we're going to sing If I Loved You, is to try to stay as present as possible. I mean, it's such a scene. Yeah. That whole song, the, the, the melody, once you get to the the chorus, let's say, the, the iconic idea is so, so melodic and and you remember it, but the, the surrounding bits, it's just this dialogue that goes on between these two people and to try to sing it to the extent that it deserves to be sung, but still live in it in such a way that um, it surprises you as each piece comes along. So I actually kind of love those nights where, to, to myself where I think, oh my God, it's over. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happened. We Then I really felt like I was really in it every step of the way mm-hmm. and not getting ahead of Julie, the character I play, and where she's at. Um, so it never feels like we're singing the song. Here it comes. It's, it's <laughs> Billy and Julie figuring it out. It's interesting because I, I did the, the duet a lot. You know, it's kind of a go-to opera gala sure. piece. And I didn't really appreciate it until I heard you do it because I was taking a step back and seeing it in the context. I, I just thought, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful piece. Listen to that melody, and look what's happening to these two characters, that yeah. they're flirting in this very kind of unconscious way. And it's just, its I find it so moving now. Context. I wish I could go back 30 years and try it again <laughs> as a student. No, you but know? context, you said that word, and I was like, I think that's it. I think so many songs from this piece, you know them because it's, it's such a classic, and it's been around, and it's done over and over again for so many wonderful reasons. And you forget, and then you get to see it, and you get to see all these songs in context, and they just live in a completely new way, I think. Well, You'll Never Walk Alone has definitely changed for me. I remember you <laughs> talked about totally. that because you've sung it a bunch. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, and it can be anything. It can be only hope. It can be you know, really about um, bringing people together as sort of a community piece and and of course in this it's it's tragic it's really about mm-hmm. defining tragedy and trying to put a some kind of face on it in the moment you know and she grasps at this you know at this remembering this thing that's sitting on the wall back mm-hmm. back in the cottage it's it's quite extraordinary and it's never it never fails to be moving to people and and to us on stage yeah. and, and you're so consistent both of you are so consistent as actors too it's really a a, a privilege to share so the stage you. with you. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say that's that's one of my favorite moments is because I'm actually <laughs> when you're dead. I'm dead Spoiler on stage, alert. <laughs> um, and I'm just literally laying down right beneath Jesse and Renee as she starts to sing that song. So I feel I feel all the emotions of 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 Jesse of the loss, um, and then um, Renee trying to pick her back up with "You'll Never Walk Alone," and she's probably. Two yards away from me. Am I drooling? I, I no. Okay. Only once did you give a little splash. Oh, hits my head first and then gets to him, <laughs> yeah. so it bounces off of me. <laughs> I think we're good. It's such a glorious moment, I, and I love. I, I just love being able to like chill out for a second with my eyes closed, mm. two feet away from the orchestra and yeah, two right. yards away from hearing you sing that. It's oh. just, I love it. You're just enveloped in the you'll never walk alone Well, I come off stage from holding her, and my dresser says, oh, my gosh, your shawl is all wet from her tears. I mean. Or maybe yeah. drool. Yeah. <laughs> it could be drool. The combination. combination. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, yes. oh my God. She, she can't get over that. She just can't get over it. That's amazing. Well, I, th- I mean, I think that what really struck me about your rendition of it is I think that it's a song that, depending on the production, it can sometimes feel like a showpiece that just kind of is apart from everything. Sure. It's like comes out of nowhere. <laughs> this magnificent delivery. The anthem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, and it felt very like intimate and human mm. the way you do it, almost sort of quiet in a way, um, which I wasn't expecting, and which I thought was really nice. Good. Um, meanwhile, a less quiet song that you have to <laughs> handle every night um, and that I know has taken on more personal significance for you recently um, and talking about a, a number that you must just feel so much expectation in the audience or not. <laughs> <laughs> no. How are you dealing with that? Um, it's it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a mountain of a number. Um, sometimes when those first couple of uh, chords hit, I can hear, like, oh, you got to do this all the way. You know, I try not to hear any of that. And, uh, but it, for me, it's, it's uh, I don't know, I have to not think about how long the journey is. It's a really great exercise in just staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, one of the things that helps is the fact that I recently did have a child three months ago and he came during previews and um so really living in those questions of asking those first couple questions I wonder what he'll think of me like I still think those questions now when I look at him so it's a really it's it's taken on a really deep meaning for me right now um and thank god because I if I didn't have that personal connection maybe I would think about how big of a piece it is and how it's one of the most like (laughs) revered and feared songs (laughs) in in musical theater um but it I love it 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 feels it feels like uh you know like going on a you're going to run a marathon you can't think about 23 or however many miles it is you just think about well I've got to pace myself for this first quarter and then, you know, I've got to get the – I just go through each of the the steps and try not to think about how big it is. And then you definitely have to, like, save a little bit for that last third um, to get you through those last 30 seconds. But, yeah, I, this is I, this is one of the reasons I'm really excited to be in this piece, for a song like that that has such a journey um, of discovery and uh, determination at the end to do something uh, really great for his family, as Billy Bigelow has. It's pretty amazing. It's really the redeeming moment also for your character to see him care mm-hmm. for the first time, to really be invested. And in, to see him question and to see him be vulnerable yeah. and to see that window into what his childhood must have been like. And it's just a fascinating piece. It's like a little play. Well, and the, and the, the journey that we totally. went on really as a cast, and because of Jack's 
trying to 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 fold in the the actual end of the show, which ends with a reprise of Junus busting out all over, and then eventually just say, you know what, Joshua sings this so magnificently, he never phones it in, has so much energy and power, it's ridiculous to try and do anything after that, mm-hmm. and that was the right choice. Completely. Well, I mean, this is a this is a complex mm-hmm. f- show for all of the gorgeous music. Like the the plot is has its <clears throat> difficult elements and. Um, I feel like it's always like a little bit of a difficult show to explain the plot to someone else for me at least because it's like there's this guy that he hits the woman he loves and um, then the rest of the show he's a ghost. <laughs> it's a little strange. Yeah, it's hard um, to do it in like one line. Exactly. You know what I, mean? yeah. I, see, uh, I realize I sound crazy. Like, well, uh, this is carnival, you see? And, uh, <laughs> I talk People, about the horse a lot. Yeah. See, there's his horse. <laughs> yes, first you have to get someone to understand what a carousel barker is in the first place. Right. Um, but, but this... The show feels there's something that feels sort of of this moment and um, like a little modern to it. So I was just curious, like, like yeah, what the um, if there were conversations in terms of like how the director talked to you about sort of the approach and um, just like how you're interpreting those difficult things for like the moment we're in now. I feel like the thing I kept I just keep thinking of is just how open Jack was in the process. So much so that he would say, I might not know the answer to this, or you might not know the answer. Let's talk about it. And in terms of what the world is going through and, you know, the, the darkness our world is facing on a day-to-day basis, I think I think and hope and pray that's one of the reasons this piece is hitting people. It's because we don't pretend like we don't face darkness anymore. <laughs> we can't. Um, we, 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 know, we know we have to look at it, and we know, and we know we have to work really hard to choose love and I think that's one of the the themes that this play explores and Jack our director was he's like I want you to I want you to ask me questions and if you feel uncomfortable about something I want you to I want us to talk about it and and uh and we were really really blessed with the group we have that everyone everybody's hearts were just in the right place from the beginning so you know whenever you whenever you step into a new artistic endeavor my my prayer is always like, oh, man, I hope this is a good group. You know what I mean? I hope everybody wants to go play in this sandbox because and, – and when it's something like this, I think, where the subject matter is – I mean, it's it's life. It's, it's the nitty-gritty, the good, bad, the ugly of life. You want to be in a room with people who are good, open souls that are willing and brave enough to ask those kinds of questions and delve into that kind of stuff, and that's the group we had and have – well, and I, you know, I keep thinking how sad I am that these, that this story, aspects of the story, the darker aspects of the story are still so relevant. In mm-hmm. fact, incredibly relevant. I mean, the, you know, the despair that he, that Billy Bigelow, the character feels because he's lost his job and he's thrown into this new situation at a time when he feels very vulnerable, et cetera, that, that caused him to lash out, caused him in the mm-hmm. end really to give up on life. Um, this is happening all over our country right now, all over mm-hmm. the world, but especially to be, have it be happening here in the U.S. is In my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this, and that suicide rates are raising at the degree they are, especially in young people, I find um, really sad. And I do think that people are reacting emotionally to the piece because it's so relevant. It's 75 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to say that actually um, stood out to me in a way that it hasn't in Carousel before, just feeling the sort of hopelessness of the place that Billy is in and feeling more that he's driven to this act rather than that it's just something intrinsic to the way he is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I hope so. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think the biggest, you're talking about like hope, 
you know, and the fact that we need it so much in yeah. a, in dark times. Um, a song like that gets reprised at the end, "You'll Never Walk Alone." That's like the biggest takeaway of this for for me, and I and I, I'm hoping for the audience is that. <clears throat> No matter the time that we're in, there's always going to be, you know, hopefully we can cling to love, but there's always going to be dark moments. And all we want to know is that we're not going through it alone. All we want to know is that there's someone else who can say, I know what you're going through. You know, I either I've been there or I understand where you are. Mm -hmm. Not that I can fix it. No, but I can see it. But I can see it. And I can can say, hey, I see you in Mm -hmm. this. I'm here with you in this. Um, that's, I think that is, that's the, one of the biggest reasons I'm so excited to be involved with this piece is for that message alone, um, that you'll never walk alone. Yeah. I, I, I believe that. Well, I have to say that this plays into, I, I felt that this year was just it, the first really exciting year for revivals that I remember in sort of recent mm-hmm. history on Broadway, like. Um, you know, you and My Fair Lady and Once on this Island are just like, I can't choose a favorite among the three of you. I mean, you're all great. And it just makes me think of the fact that revival now seems to mean really reviving a show and not just doing a like cast and plaster perfect um, rendition of it mm, the way, right, the way right. it used to be. Um, and I just wondered if, if you all have feelings on that, if you feel like there's sort of a movement forward with, you know, revisiting these classic shows in a way that feels sort of newly relevant to where we are now. I think so. I just feel like I feel like probably the artists inside of the pieces and the audiences that come to see them, we're just not satisfied with dusting off a relic anymore. No. We just, um, you know, you look at some of the amazing entertainment that's out there, whether it's on a stage or hanging on a wall or, or you know, what's happening on Netflix or Amazon. or it's There's all kinds of different things, but I think there's just this, there's this depth of reality and, 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 a, and a need and a want for that. And I mean that in a good way, not like a reality show. <laughs> I guess not that there's anything wrong with a reality show, but... I just think there's this there's this yearning to get to something that matters. It's like what you were saying. People want to people want to look to entertainment and to art to feel less alone. I think at the end of the day, yes, it's also to be entertained. But I think you can't be entertained until you feel like <laughs> like like you're like you can be there. You can be present to to experience something. And permission to feel, too, I think, yeah. is something we don't yeah. get very much right now. A lot of television, I'm finding, is, is super smart, incredibly well-produced, and, and sometimes incredibly violent. But if you're feeling something, it's revulsion. It's, it's sometimes it's, you know, horror. It's um, this show you come to and you, 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 have the, you care about the characters in it. But, of course, I'm coming from opera, so we've been reviving pieces for about 150 years. <laughs> That's all we do for the most part. Fortunately, now we're in a place where there's a lot of new work, and I celebrate mm-hmm. that. But, again, it's always been a depth of feeling. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the great the music pieces of is, opera and the mu- Yeah, it's, is, uh, it's to go there and feel. And, and when, when something like that comes together, when a beautiful piece of musical theater comes together in all the way, right ways and the music is there and the spectacle is there and the acting is there and the and the stagecraft is there. I just think there's nothing there's nothing like it. It just sort of takes mm. you away. And dance in this one too. So yeah. every element is on the mm-hmm. highest possible yeah, level. Yeah, it's just it's transporting. It's transporting. I feel like when you have a revival like you said, it's not just enough to, to dust it off anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about 
having a focus and I think Jack's focus for this which was really the exploring uh, the spirituality of this piece and really talk, thinking about what redemption means, means yeah. right now um, those, are, those are heavy things to deal with <laughs> and they force us to look at ourselves individually and, and as a society and how we grapple with these heavy issues mm-hmm. that helps us feel so much um, and I, I'll say I've never seen a carousel. I've, I've seen the movie. Um, I haven't seen any other production. But knowing that that was the focus coming into this, that it wasn't just let's do this for the amazing songs and choreography that is here. Um, that's what you want. That's what I want to always be involved with. I've never done a. Rev- that's not true. I did one other revi- revival before, but that's what really excited me about doing this. With aside from the incredible cast. Um, that I'm working with now, so yeah, the me- the message that that's there. Yeah. Well, speaking of breathing new life into these things, Josh is doing that backstage as well. <laughs> with oh. uh, with, <laughs> I was like, with what? Uh, he's breathing. He is. He's, bre- he's breathing. Yes. No, <laughs> no, with the Bigelow flows, and you've done this before with the ham jams and Hamilton, yeah. and even I was a fan of like the slow jams you were doing with Brendan Victor Dixon backstage with oh, shuffle along. Oh wow! Throwback. Yes, the, wow. Jod- the Jodeci moments. I enjoyed. Um, <laughs> Come on. All right. Yes. No. I'm, 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 I'm your Instagram follower. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I just I wanted to know like kind of what's inspired you to do this, like what kind of other need this is satisfying you artistically, and what it's like to participate. Well, I grew up listening to all types of music. I love jazz, R and B, folk, um, and so you know when you're doing a musical eight times a week, um, you you're in that world musically and sonically, and you want to just. I feel like I have to exercise uh, other music, of all other musical arms and legs. So, ham jams or Bigelow flows has helped me to do that. And so it's just thinking about it in terms of just a different style, um, whether it be you know Take Six is one of my favorite groups. It's a lot of harmonies. Oh, neat. That really, oh, you like Take Six? Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, and just having people who are diverse and can take chances, like. Renee comes from the opera world, but like she's singing this little jazzy, uh, blow high, blow low. Mm-hmm. Yes, I and enjoyed that killing very much. It. <laughs> you know, and Jessie can literally sing anything. I mean, she's a sweet. vocal chameleon. And so when you have people that are just so game, it, the possibilities are endless. So uh, we're just getting started with those big love lows. Hey. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I forgot to mention I have a Broadway album coming out September yeah, 7th. Yes. So. So be generous. Hey. Be generous. <laughs> I, I did, did my best, you know, everything from Dear Evan Hansen to <sighs> a lot of R&H, of course. Nice. But it was really fun. It was sort of a when in Rome, do as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of, well, let's explore this, uh, you know, vocally. No, I, I wanted to mention that. I'm very, I got a notice about that the other day, and I was, I was very excited about the Dear Evan Hansen song in particular. Oh, I'm excited, I, too. I could never it sing it It makes me cry crying. every single time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, Can you say which song it is or no? Yeah, it's that's so big, so small. The mother song. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh. I get like a lump in my throat just thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> that's the moment when I fall apart. Yeah, when I've seen the show. It, it's it's so relevant. It's incredibly relevant and true. Well, you should come back to the podcast when the Broadway album comes out. Thank you. We can talk all about it. Thank you. Well, thank you all for coming. It's great to chat with you. Nice to chat with you too. And I can I just say that you're you're 
writing is just really beautiful. <laughs> She's got this. It is. My, my little yeah. notes that I write and then like don't yeah. really look. Is it cursive? Or is it very cursive? neat. It's just, it it's is. like some sort of hybrid. It's a hybrid, but it's mm. I feel like I was probably one of the last people where in school you did learn cursive. Yes, I, we sure did. That is lovely. Mrs. Hebble was like, you better watch that dotted line in the middle. She's got yeah. lines, though, you that know. I don't know. Halfway up. The dotted line in the middle is... Remember? Yeah. It was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that wonderful note. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is playing now at the Imperial Theater and the new Broadway cast recording is available on the digital platform of your choice and is out physically today, July 13th. If you're a fan of the Billboard on Broadway podcast, as usual, please give us stars and nice reviews on iTunes. Uh, If you would like to follow me and the happenings of the podcast on Twitter, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff on Instagram at YaDownWithRMM. And you can always use the hashtag Billboard on Broadway to talk about the podcast. The summer is not the most crazy active time for musical theater, but there are some exciting shows opening in the coming weeks. So the podcast will be back soon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.